Welcome, my friend, to the Tough Love Terry podcast. I'm super jazzed that you are here because even though we are in a new month, I am still finishing off my self-portrait series. And I'm really jazzed about the person that I'm introducing you today. Though, if you follow me, you might already follow her. Uh, Misty Moss is somebody who is an incredible self-portrait artist whose work is super fine art-based. It's beautiful the beautiful dark tones, lots of nature, and just just oozes gloriousness. And I'm super excited for you to hear our interview. Uh, and just to let you know, Misty and I have something in the works for 2023 that revolves around self-expression. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, enjoy this interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm here with Misty, and I'm super excited to chat about her self-portrait process and all the good stuff that she does with photography, because it's along the similar lines of why I do my photography. So welcome, Misty. If you can summarize for us who you are in a nutshell, let's hear it. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, me in a nutshell, oh, I haven't like done like a synopsis in so long, um, but I'm a boudoir photographer, a self-portrait artist, a YouTuber, and um, self-portrait artist. And for me, the kind of thing that like ties that all together is just like a purveyor of like embodiment and sensual art and anything that goes along with that. So all of my various art forms kind of have that self-discovery and self-exploration aspect that kind of keeps them all to me feeling very similar even though they can sometimes be quite different. I love that yeah definitely being a multifaceted I call us multifaceted entrepreneurs because we couldn't just do one thing even if we really wanted to. Um, I always uh, I, I that actually used to bother me a lot that I couldn't just do one thing was that for you too like you felt like well just pick a lane like just do the thing did that ever kind of wear on you a little bit oh 100 percent. I feel like I still sometimes struggle with this too like I have like so many different hats oh sorry I don't know what that noise was I have so many different hats that I feel like sometimes especially at the beginning I was always like can you just pick one like I'm so overwhelmed with all these things that I want to do um but as I kind of explored each of them I kind of realized that they like aren't actually that different and they all are really complementary and they all just kind of make what I do a little bit stronger Yeah, that's awesome. Similar for me, I found by letting myself have multiple ways of kind of fulfilling my purpose or mission or whatever you want to call it, um, it actually made me appreciate the like main one or whatever, like photography is my probably my main source of income. But if I just when I was just focusing solely on that and not letting myself explore the other stuff, I actually got really depressed. And so by being able to like take my foot off the gas of one and like uh, it allowed me to kind of spread out the joy a little bit. So I never got burnt out on one thing specifically. Um, So I think that's a really, really great way to look at that. Uh, How long did it take you to kind of figure out that they all kind of had things in common? Um, literally until our mentorship earlier this year, (laughs) like a month ago. (laughs) So how long, so how long have you been like doing the work and then, yeah. 
I guess I've been in business for six years um, and my burlesque journey and my boudoir photography business kind of like were birthed in tandem, I like to say, like their origin story is one and the same. So those have always been kind of like running parallel in my life. And I always felt the need to like separate them and put them into like different boxes and like burlesque goes over here and then boudoir goes over here. Um, and I've been like slowly learning that like doing burlesque really does help me as a boudoir photographer. But it wasn't until you were like, you don't need to separate them that I was like, oh, okay. And like really took that to heart. Oh, that's good. So it gave you a little bit of permission to just be like, yeah, I am the same person. Yes. <laughs> same person that does both things. So mm -hmm. with that, you do have an alter ego. Do you want to share that with the, the audience? Tell us a little bit about that and where that came from for you. Yeah. So Misty Moss is my alter ego. She was birthed as my burlesque name. Um, and then when I started YouTube, I kind of just slapped that name onto YouTube as well, because being on the internet felt like being this same persona, like slightly amplified version of Molly, like larger than life, all of those like little aspects in myself that I wish I could just like be louder about and be just like a little bit more amplified. Um, so yeah, I started doing YouTube as Misty and then my YouTube took off unexpectedly and now more people know me as Misty than Molly so it's always kind of like this like who am I what name do you call me by I don't know do, do you use that like so when you meet people in person are you is there almost an expectation then for you to be the more like um the more heightened version of yourself if people know you as Misty versus Molly I actually don't think so. I feel like Misty is pretty laid back anyways. Um, even the name is just like very natural and kind of organic sounding. Um, and it feels more like the authentic version of myself that I always wanted to be. So it kind of almost gives me like the permission to kind of be exactly who I need to be in that moment and not be like super performative unless I'm like on stage or doing a video. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your self-portrait practice. Have self-portraits always been kind of a thing that you've done or like, was that something that's relatively like a new expression for you? Or how did you, how did you stumble into self-portraits? Mm -hmm. So I can't remember a time where I didn't do self-portraits. It's been almost like a lifelong thing for me. I remember in middle school when everybody was doing like mirror shots with their like camera phones with like the bright flash and everything. Um, I had like my camera and my film camera and I was always finding ways to like set up and like compose like artistic self portraits of myself. And it wasn't until I was like, I sat down before this and was like, oh, what's my origin story? What's my <laughs> selfies? Cause I'm very intellectual yeah. and I need everything to like be thought out. And I was like, oh my God, I've been doing this forever. Um, and yeah, I kind of just realized that it's been like a lifelong practice. Very cool. And what, when you first started doing self-portraits, like what, what, like looking back now, cause obviously when you're doing it, you don't really know why you're doing it. You just kind of like go where the energy is mm -hmm. and like, I'm like, I enjoy this, so I'm going to do it. But mm -hmm. looking back now, can you see like, kind of feel in a context maybe for yourself about why you were drawn to self-portraits over something else? Yeah, totally. Um, I've always been, like, I've always done dance as well. So I think, like, using my body as a form of artistic expression and, like, creative um, expression was just something that came really naturally to me. So I think with self-portraits, that kind of goes into the same scope where I was like, my body is how I express myself. Mm -hmm. And so the selfies just came so naturally. 
Awesome. That's really cool. And have you noticed a change in how you use self-portraits now versus how you use them when you first started? Yes. This was like a really big like aha moment I had when I was like writing this out before our talk. Yeah. Uh, where I like just started doing them because it was like artistic and creative and just kind of like a fun thing to do. Um, and as I grow and evolve as a person living in like a physical body, it's really giving me like a very therapeutic and healing practice, but it definitely didn't start like that. It's only as my body grows and I learn more about all of like the body image insecurities and all those like to quote you like squidgy feelings I get when I look at certain pictures of myself um, that I've been able to kind of be like, oh, wow, selfies can really help heal those things and kind of help me move through them in a way that I just like can't ignore those emotions anymore. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that definitely is like, yeah, when you see the photo, you're like, oh, there, there it is. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and it, do you find um, there are times when, like, so walk me through your process, I guess that's what I would be asking. Like, so when you do see a photo of yourself that maybe you're either you're just having a low day because sometimes that's all that it is and the photo itself is fine, which is usually more the case. But when you see the photo and at first you're like, oh, that initial like preconditioned kind of thought about yourself comes up. What is your process for working through that? I usually just um, kind of step away from it and kind of approach it from like almost like an outsider's perspective. And I kind of talk to myself like how I would talk to my clients, like it's so normal to feel like this. Um, and just kind of like separating myself from the emotions and like letting myself know like those aren't your thoughts like they've been put there and then using like the like the what where why of like what is the feeling why do I feel like this and where did it come from or who put that thought there it kind of helps me like just release the control that it has over me yeah that's a really great technique to use for sure and I think that's that's something that comes with practice I know for myself like now it's a bit easier, even as I'm taking the photos, um, do you use the app on your phone so you can see yourself when you're taking the photos? Yeah. So even when you're, when you're in the middle of taking photos, sometimes it'll be like, whoa, uh, when you catch a glimpse, you know, and you're like, oh, maybe I should just turn a little bit. Do you ever stop while you're taking the photos to be like, no, actually I should take the photo this way because yes. specifically because I had that visceral reaction to seeing my body like that in that position. Yeah, I've done this a couple of ways. I've done it where like I set out to do a self-portrait session where I like started out taking unflattering and I'm using like quotation marks very heavily here. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, I'm flattering. <laughs> I'm like, the hope is like over time, the more people listen to me, they'll just like associate with flattering with like barfing and then they just won't want to use it. <laughs> Yes. Um, but taking those photos that make me feel like squidgy um, and then just kind of like doing a whole selfie session based around that. Or alternatively, one of my absolute favorite photos of myself right now was one of those moments, like you said, where I was like just in motion yeah. um, moving, and I was like, oh, no, not that. And then I was like, click. And now I love it. I love how soft and like curvy and roly poly I look. I adore it. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's funny because for me, the photos that like the initial visceral reaction is always like, ah, those actually end up being the ones I use the most in like social media to talk about things um, and the way we're expected to show up or in blog posts or newsletters or presentations. Like they're always the ones that are not 
flattering that I will use the most simply because they're great conversation starters to to bring that to the forefront for people to bring those topics that are a little like confronting like the photo itself is confronting for that reason to be able to have those discussions I also think like those type of photos just engage people so much more because it has that just like realism to it like our all of our bodies look like this when we're moving or in motion or sitting down and so it just like allows people to be like oh it's okay that my body looks like this instead of thinking that their body needs to look like that perfect posed Mm -hmm. triangular shaped body that we all kind of like to share yeah well and for me so it's funny because mine's the reason why I post those is because I know it's going to be shocking. And in the way that our brains are like, look, never seen that before. Like um, I just posted one where I'm just sitting like really broadly, my feet are flat on the floor, which like women you're taught, no, no point those toes, like flex those calf muscles. And I'm like broad shoulder to the camera. My chin is up. And like, it's a very quote unquote masculine pose, but, and at first I'm like, oh, like I look very broad and like, but I was like, but look how powerful you look. Mm -hmm. And, and I just remember thinking like there was another one beside it, which was the complete opposite, which was like the way that we're supposed to quote unquote pose women. And I was like, that one's going to get lost. Like nobody's going to stop to read what I've written. If they, if I just look like every other way I'm supposed to look or whatever um and so I love to use challenging photos that make people be like even if their initial reaction is like yikes (laughs) I'm like you reacted that's the important thing I don't want you to just be like cool 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 yeah it's pretty yeah yeah the worst thing people could say is that that's nice (laughs) you know sometimes it's nice to have nice photos of yourself but Sometimes you want to have that like connection and engagement that makes people stop and think. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about one of your most favorite self-portrait sessions that you've done. Mm, This is such an unfair question. (laughs) I do like a lot of self-portraits like out in nature and those are always my absolute favorite. Um, I love getting naked in nature. It feels so like liberating and freeing. My friends like to joke they have something called like the moss method which is just like spreading your legs and sitting like on the dirt or the the log or whatever it is and just yeah it always makes me laugh um so I say anything indoors really makes me feel super happy and I usually um am a lot kinder and gentler to myself to those photos because I'm like you see the whole picture and you realize that you're just a part of nature and you have textures like the beach has texture and you got bowls like the hill has rolls so I think um to look at those photos also just makes me feel really happy yeah I think that's really beautiful and I'm very much the same way the ones I take outside and not just because like the the photo of course looks great but the experience of just being like feeling the sun on your whole body like feeling water on your body feeling like all these natural elements that were meant to feel on our bodies but yet we always like cover up or things like that and so it just the act of doing the portrait session is the most rewarding piece and then the photos are just kind of the, for me the byproduct to be like remember how good it felt when the sun tanned your titties yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> remember how good it felt when the wind blew past your beehole? hole yeah that was nice <laughs> <laughs> 
we have to get home and like scrape out all the dirt and the dust or sand me. yeah the sand is always a fun one you're like this will be here for days <laughs> yeah. but it is so you have some trips coming up that uh are going to be very fun for you for self-portrait purposes so tell tell us about the one that you're going on in september where am I going in September again? Oh yeah, I'm going to Iceland. I was like, what is like a huge trip? <laughs> I'm leaving for Italy on Friday. So right oh, now my right. that's also a big trip. Yeah, very so focused on like leaving the country for the first time post pandemic. So I'm just like, I forgot I was going to Iceland, but I'm very excited about it because I've always wanted to go there um, my whole life because it's stunning. And I've always wanted to just put my butt on all of those black sand beaches. <laughs> and I'm so stoked. Just don't get caught up in the riptides that they come in, the tides that come in there. That's what always happens to people. So just be careful. That's my uncle in the water. Well, the tide comes in really fast or something like that. I, you just got to be careful of the one beach, but you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> That's just my, yeah. So Google it. You'll see, you'll find out later. I can't even remember what beach it is. So for that, um, like, so obviously you want to take yourself portraits on the beach and stuff like that. Have you, when you go into places that are out in nature, do you look into like what the nudity laws are or like, do you factor any of that in or do you just take a chance? and uh what's the saying like pray for forgiveness yeah um a bit of both uh i haven't looked up iceland yet but it's a european country is it not so i feel like it's going to be pretty lax mm. i for bali when i went to bali i never took any nudes except for like at the hotel because they have very very strict laws about nudity and it's just like a cultural respect thing it never felt right mm-hmm. um so i'd say yes i'm definitely just keep in mind like the culture I'm in and how they feel about bodies um, and also how that would affect my safety as well as a femme-bodied person. Um, yeah, so I would say, yeah, I do a little bit of homework. Yeah, I just think that's really important to share with people because I know like lots of people are like, I just want to go get naked on the roads. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay, but but make sure like you do your due diligence and be respectful of the location you're in for sure um and you can get permits if, permits if you need because you definitely don't want to come home with a ticket because those cost a lot of money yeah so yeah that's really good advice to just do a little bit of research before you go just to at the very least be respectful of the space yes. that you're going to be putting your bits all over <laughs> yeah exactly very cool so when it comes to other like you also teach photographers or just people in general I think not just photographers like kind of how to take their own self-portraits as well correct yes yeah on YouTube yeah so tell me a little bit about because it's one thing to do them yourself so what inspires you to teach other people also to take their own self-portraits um what encourages me to teach other people? I think just kind of sharing the knowledge to make it a little less intimidating for people to try it. I think, um, especially for photographers, it's like super important for us to get in front of the camera um, and to work through all of our inner bullshit and kind of figure that stuff out so it gives a better experience to our clients. And it also just makes us better for ourselves. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just kind of like sharing the knowledge and the tips and the tricks that I've learned over the years. And so they don't have to do like cameras on a sketchy propped table and just have a horrible time with it and uh just make it a little bit easier more accessible for them i love that so we'll definitely make sure um to link your youtube channel in the notes and stuff like that so people can go check you out um 
Of course, of course, we're going to send people on taking their own self-portraits so then maybe they come in for an interview later on. But uh, but I think it's really important. So what do you what is the one thing you do tell people when they're like, oh, my God, I totally wish I could do self-portraits, but I can't because blah, 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 blah. What is your usual go to response for people that are like, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) The response I wish I could say to everybody like that, that I never have the guts to just like outright say is like, get out of your own way because Uh, you are like usually the person that's standing in your way like there's you can totally do it it's totally accessible and it's something that is like freeing once you do it mm -hmm. Um, but the idea of it is definitely scarier than what it actually is like yeah I think it's the same when people book like a boudoir shoot they put all these barriers in front of them and they say like I could never do it because I need to lose 10 pounds or I can never do it because like, what will people think of me? Um, but those are just blocks that you're kind of putting in your own way to stop yourself from doing the thing that you want to do. Um, so just do the damn thing that you want to do. There. Now, now you can just like take this little recording, like the little clip of this. And then anytime somebody asks you that, just press play. Yeah, exactly. Play this audio file. This is what I actually think you should do. <laughs> That's awesome. So what is a self-portrait session that you would love to do that you haven't done yet? Is there anything aside from the ones that you've got planned? Like obviously you're going to Italy and then you're going, you're going lots of places. So like the, the ultimate place to put your body, <laughs> what would you be doing? Where would you be? I really want to do self-portraits on a volcano. And I know that's really unrealistic and dangerous. Not in Iceland. <laughs> Iceland is a fucking volcano. No, the the giant active one they have. Um, That would be like my absolute dream would be on a volcano. Amazing. That would you take a drone for that maybe so you can get like up so you could tell that it's a volcano. Uh, yes, definitely. Do you have a drone? (laughs) Are you taking a drone? Um, I'm taking a drone to Iceland. I'm not taking my drone to Italy because I'm mostly in cities. Um, but I think with Iceland, there's no drone laws. Like in Canada, we have a lot of drone laws and it's so annoying because I just want to go take like aerial booty shots, but I can't. Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked. Well, that's what my husband's an air traffic controller. So every time I'm like, I want a drone. And he's like, no, because no. he's like, you won't be able to fly it anywhere. Rules, rules, rules. I'm like, oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's like one drone you can get where you don't need to have a pilot's license, which is the one I have, but like anything above that, you have to have like, and the pilot's license test is so hard. They really feel like impossible for you to get a drone. Well, you have to know spatial reasoning, which I definitely do not have because they're like how high altitudes and like wind things and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know those things. Those are numbers. And no, I just want to create cool shit. Thank you. I need like a 12 foot tall tripod, maybe. There you go. Next in I, saw, <laughs> I saw somebody put their GoPro on the end of like a fishing pole. Because oh. they weren't allowed to use drones. They were like in a national park and it was like. Oh, I think cool. I saw that video. Yeah. yeah. And it looks pretty legit. Like you can't even see his arm holding it. So maybe That's you just clever. Really Except pole. then you got to like worry about stabbing people with a fishing pole. But aside, <laughs> swinging around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> amazing so that's really cool now you do most of your self-portraits nude 
Yes. Correct. Um, and do you, obviously you do, you said you do burlesque dancing as well. So do you ever do movement? Cause the ones I've seen of yours are really like posed and beautiful and more static poses, but do you ever do self-portraits where it's like mid motion dancey types? Not for self-portraits. I draw a lot of inspiration for my selfies from like the great painters from the Renaissance. So for me, like I usually like look at their work before I do a self-portrait session and kind of like pose myself based on the paintings that I really like. Um, And also in burlesque, you get to see a lot, like a lot of pictures of yourself in motion. So I feel like I have my quota of seeing myself that it's kind of, yeah, (laughs) like I want my selfies to be something a little bit different, but I do absolutely love how yours are so full of motion and dance that it is something that I want to explore. I think that was on my checklist of stuff to do in Italy is kind of like explore more motion-based stuff. Um, But yeah, I definitely go through like phases of what my selfies are like. I feel this hundred percent. I'm like, this is is the style that I'm rolling with for the next like month and then I'm like okay we definitely beat that horse so next like uh, it's like yep we can get rid of that outfit now we're just going to do just nudes and like kind of vintage inspired and then it's like okay enough of that super sharp like yeah it's like but I think that's part of the fun fun of the process is that you get to try these different styles or different ways of movement or incorporating different textiles or things like that that is a bit harder to do when you're trying to be consistent in your business for clients, right? I also think like seeing yourself in motion also has like so many other learning lessons that it can give you. Like it's such a difficult thing to process. <laughs> your body moves, it does a lot of weird shit that you don't know that it does. And then oh, you yeah. get to look at it and you're like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> my jumping ones are my favorite. When I catch myself not where I'm supposed to be, the shot supposed to be like at the pinnacle of the jump, I usually will catch it like right before or as I'm coming down and I'm like, my one tit's like hitting me in the face the other one's like under my armpit or my stomach's like up here yeah it's basically like when you're moving and stuff it's very much like underwater body photos or because like the water just takes your body wherever it goes and it's the same thing when you're in motion like things do not stay put (laughs) I like to move around a whole lot I have this one like photo from a live show that I did and my arm is like my whole arm is it looks like it's underwater like you can see like a ripple cascading down the entire thing and I was like I didn't know my body did that yeah it definitely you have to go into seeing those with a lot of curiosity (laughs) and be like I had no idea that that is what bodies could look like cool I'm so glad I know that now (laughs) but I do also think it helps you to recognize that all of this is like, even the photos we take where we are sitting for whatever time period, that it's all just temporary movements in like this big, beautiful life that we have. And that it's just like a fraction of a second and it doesn't need to hold you, um, like hold you back from doing things, which I think like people see one photo where it's unflattering and and then they're like, I never take good photos. And they just like, (laughs) dramatize it a little bit and it's like hold on hold on that literally as a photographer I could tell you that was literally like one two thousandth of a second of your life of your whole life (laughs) it's nothing it's fine (laughs) you're fine (laughs) 
but there's just so much wrapped up into that. So tell me a little bit about how you incorporate embodiment work into self-portraits or how you would teach somebody to like bring embodiment into their self-portrait session. Um, can you repeat the first part, body, body what? Uh, I don't even remember what I said. So just like how you, how, like embodiment, how you bring like the kind of the teachings of embodiment work into mm. doing self-portraits. So if somebody's like, I really want to do self-portraits, but I don't just want to do like smiley, like traditional, you know, like headshotty type self-portraits or whatever, but they really want to get in touch with their bodies and like improve that connection. What is some advice that you would give to get started on bringing embodiment work into the self-portrait practice? I have like three main key points that I usually recommend people kind of stick with if they're like wanting to kind of dive a little bit deeper into their practice. Um, And the first one is just setting an intention, like kind of what you want to explore or be curious about during your self-portrait session or um, a mantra or something to fall back on in your self-portrait session that can kind of save you and kind of be like your lifeline. Um, Because sometimes being in front of the camera can bring like up a lot of negative emotions. I can't even count the amount of times I've just like cried during a self-portrait session because I was having a bad day or it just triggered something that I wasn't ready to be triggered. Um, And then having that like intention or mantra kind of to like fall back on really kind of helps. My favorite one usually is just surrender. So just like surrendering to whatever feeling comes up or whatever arises. Um, And then it kind of allows me just to like melt into the process a little bit more and to get really kind of like squishy and deep into it. My other two things I like to recommend to people are just breathing, like really taking a lot of time to just like breathe and connect with your body again. We're so tied to our breath and it's something we like definitely don't utilize as much as we should. So just starting it out, even by putting your hands on your belly and just taking a lot of deep breaths. Um, and expanding that belly, like yes. letting, letting it go past your, your, um, your buttons on your pants, like not being afraid to push your tummy out is really hard for a lot of people. like, especially mm-hmm. those that are socialized as women, a lot of people I know don't even recognize that they hold their stomach in, in times that they think they're not holding their stomach in. Uh, I had this conversation um, with a couple friends this weekend at a retreat um, about they had a massage and the masseuse like massaged their belly for the first time and they had never had somebody else touch their belly and they were just explaining how healing that was to have somebody just like touch it. Um, That happened to me in Mexico and I fucking bawled like a baby. Yeah. Um, and that was like during body image boot camp. So I was like in like doing all this work. And then what it brought up for me was I was like, I don't remember the last time I let somebody touch my stomach. And the last time I remembered, like when, as I was processing that was when I was with a guy and he just like grabbed it and squeezed it and not in a very gentle way, but like as a humiliating way. And ever since then, I haven't let even my husband touch my stomach. He wants to, but I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> and mm. I didn't realize it until I, I c- couldn't speak Spanish. So I couldn't tell the lady to stop touching my stomach. So I was like, just you know, surrender. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, it's like such a big thing that I don't think a lot of people recognize how tender that spot on our bodies are and how important that connection is. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Our bodies, like our brain and our gut have such a big connection, especially in trauma. And just always remembering that like when you feel like sick to your stomach, it's because your brain and your stomach are so connected. Mm. 
Yeah. All right. So your third one. Sorry, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did I go over? Uh, Breathing is is touching yourself. Oh. Not like not in a sexual way, but in a sexual way, if you want to, if that's like what floats you your boat. Don't, you don't have to. In <laughs> more of this like essential and like really intentional way, like really feeling your hands on your body, it's a great way to like connect with yourself, and it also just helps your posing. So it's like two birds, one stone kind of thing. It really helps creating those like dynamic poses and making things just a little like you have a bigger gallery to choose from if you're just kind of putting your hands in different spots. Um, and like we said, it's just really nice to touch your tummy or your butt or your breasts, whatever you want. Like it's just it feels nice. Yeah, and it's like sometimes there's like parts on your body that you don't even know what the what it actually feels like like I remember the first time I motorboated myself a little bit like <laughs> I don't know like my boobs are big enough that I could do that but I literally like lifted them up and I just like put my face down I was like oh that's so soft and I was like I can see why boys like that because it's just like super soft skin at the top of your breasts usually <laughs> And I was like, oh, that I could get used to that. But like, I never like how that was like 35 years of not knowing how soft and like nice my skin feels. And also mm -hmm. I'm in Winnipeg. Most of us cover up our bodies for like six months out of the year from like head to toe. So we forget that we have skin mm -hmm. like and so when clients come in, I'm always like, hey, touch your body. And they always like zip past the like tummy. And I'm like, we're going to try that again. Come back up and count to 10 on the tum this time. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> but it's like so important to incorporate touch in that way. And like you said, going back to the mantra, if it becomes too much to, to just surrender to the feelings or just see where it takes you. Yeah. I like, I also tell clients to touch themselves when they're doing a shoot. And like the first time they, I'm like, put your hands on your body and trace down. Like I can see them like, so hesitant, like they don't want to do it. And I'm like, Come like on. and then they giggle. Cause they're like, Oh, this is awkward. And it's like, but it, it shouldn't be awkward to touch this one thing that's with us literally all the time. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's one of the beautiful gifts that we can give people with the work that we do either through educating for self-portraits so they can do it on their own or by encouraging or encouraging and providing safe space for them to explore that in studio or um, out in nature or wherever you might be to make that happen. Yeah. All right. So just to wrap things up, uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram as long as I don't get deleted again randomly at misty.moss or Moss Boudoir. And you can find me on YouTube at Misty Moss. Perfect. And what is one final thing that you would say to somebody wanting to do a self-portrait session or boudoir session? You already told them just fucking do it. But like, what is that thing again though? So let's say they're like, let's say they are going to do it now. So they're like, okay, I'm doing it, but I'm really nervous. What would you say? I would say just be really kind to yourself before. Really spend a lot of time with yourself, taking yourself on little dates, doing little things to connect your mind to your body so you can show up a little bit more embodied and present. Um, and ready to just like unfold and melt into the process. So take a lot of bubble baths, touch yourself, do all of those fun things that make you feel really good in your skin. I love that. Thank you so much, my lady. Thank you. Bye.